for tuning in to the 404th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, wherever you are, however you may be listening, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Radio, SoundCloud, Pandora, Elevation Sports Radio in Denver, whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Being recorded from Buffalo, New York, per usual. Going to have a great show for all you guys. Going to have Zach Wilford, a.k.a. Mr. Zach, on the pod. Going to talk some NBA. Uh, college basketball, March Madness is coming. Uh, the bracket selection Sunday today just been announced. We're going to talk to him about some of his favorite March Madness memories, maybe who he has, if he's filled out a bracket so far. And uh, talk about a little Tom Brady, I think, because uh, that diva, Tom Brady, decides to retire and then unretire and then come back to Tampa Bay. So biggest news in the sports world kind of going on in the midst of all this basketball. So that will be interesting to talk to him and get his thoughts on that as well. Now, before we get to all that, I'm going to get my shameless plug as always. First time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Red Threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below, specifically if you use Spotify, I have everything timestamped. You can click on that timestamp and we'll send you to whichever part of the podcast you would most like to listen to. Folks, it is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at nitrain underscore lane. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane. You will find it. I post two to five minute clips of this podcast right here as well as my syndicate show outside the shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. And for some odd reason, right, if you don't like the pod, then don't say anything. Because, you know what your mama told you? Because my mom always told me this too. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Zach Wilford, a.k.a. Mr. Zach, on the show to talk some NBA and some March Madness. Kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Zach Williford, a.k.a. Mr. Zach, with us. How you doing, man? I'm okay. How about yourself? I am doing absolutely fantastic. So first, I have to ask you this. Biggest news in the sports world. Tom Brady announces he's unretiring. What were your thoughts when you heard that? Um, he's been... They've been going back and forth with the retirement news um, for a few weeks now. Um, someone, someone, someone sent out the news early before he could officially announce it. So I don't, I don't know um, uh, who exactly who reported. Some NFL um, announcers, I think Schefter and those guys, but. He never, he never for sure said it. And he wrote some little letters. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about retirement and older athletes in retirement. I've been watching boxers and quarterbacks battle with retirement for for years as far as sports. And unfortunately, a lot of them end up end up getting hurt or going out on or going out on their back or getting knocked out. I mean, Brady was still at top. He was in a, still at the top of his game as far as um, accuracy. I don't know about arm strength, but his accuracy was fine, and his read still can read the defense. Uh, his mobility is shot, though. So someone will get him. <laughs> Do you think this will be his last year? Actually, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, his goal was age 45. Well, how old is he now? Uh, 44, I believe. Okay, well, he's almost he's almost there. He's almost there. 
So not shocked at all when you heard this. I would prefer seeing him get hurt, but his his his, his chances of getting messed up are, 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 are really are really increasing. He's like he's like a sitting target there. He's not moving that much. And, uh, the Rams, oh man! Oh, the Rams got after him. Uh, yeah, the Rams that was a lot for him. But he also announced his intentions in time, so certain free agents that I guess that he wants to play with it will know that he's still around. You know, but if you're going to be a part of a, you know, he, he'll be getting his receivers back. So that killed, that also kills the, the um, rumor about Gronk coming to Buffalo because Gronk will go back to Tampa now. Um, Joe Montana, he, he, he ended up on his back. Troy Aikman, Jim Kelly, Steve Young. Uh, that's the way it goes, man. Big Ben walked off the field, but he, he he barely was walking, you know. But um, quarterbacks they don't get as they don't get as as many late hits and stuff as they used to. But and you uh, used to you used to watch football. Back when it was more violent. So can you just explain to people how violent it was when guys like Montana and Aikman played and Marino and Kelly? Well, even well, even before that, um, Terry Bradshaw and those guys, um, uh, quarterbacks weren't as protected as they are now. Like, below the knee hits, head shots, everything was allowed. Only thing that wasn't, wasn't allowed was pulling the face mask. But everything else, you know, head shots, body slams, um, um, taking out the legs, everything, everything goes back then. Now, uh, you can't touch him in his head. You can't. No late hits. No, you know, if he if he gets ready to slide, you can't hit him. They got the slide rule. They they have much more rules to protect the quarterback. But when you sit in the pocket, you're just a target. You know, Brady's an exception to the rule, but. What was the worst hit you ever saw a quarterback take? Uh, Joe Jones on Bradshaw was a pretty vicious body slam. Uh, I say Joe Joe Jones and Terry Bradshaw was a, was a terrible. That was before your time, but you need to look it up. Jones played for uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, he turned Terry Bradshaw into a bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> Did he not? I, yeah, for real, man. For real. It, it was ugly. It was ugly. Uh, hmm. Quarterback is. Um, well, I seen, I seen, I seen, I seen Bruce Smith take out a few quarterbacks. Um, but I, I say that Bradshaw. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm really going way back with the, with that one. You know. Um, it was like a power drive with his head into the ground, and um, I've seen a lot of um, quarterback take some shots. Um, uh, Josh Allen took a few shots early, but those those were not dirty hits. Those were those were just in the in the in the action of of, of playing the game. Those type of hits. Um, the Joe Theismann hit. Was 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 terrible. How his knee, how his leg broke. Uh, oh wow, Dak Prescott was was a bad looking hit too. So they they really didn't show it. Um, but if I, I I still say Bradshaw, you have probably you have to look that up for yourself. You have to look that up for yourself. I wasn't prepared for that question. Really, I, I'm I'm, ro- I'm rolling the tape back in my mind. It's been some. Terrible hit. Oh, Drew Bledsoe got hammered. Drew Bledsoe got hammered too. Mo Lewis hammered Drew Bledsoe. Oh, he was running out of bounds. He thought the play was he was he thought he had one more step, but he never made it. And Brady came on the field. He never left. What the, the hit that the skyrocketed Brady's career was one of the hardest hits I've seen a quarterback take. They're the one to Bledsoe. Open the door yeah. for Tom Brady. Yeah. When did you start to notice that the game was changing and quarterbacks were getting hit less and less? Uh, 
Well, uh, early 2000s. Early 2000s. Mm. Uh, I think some guy took Carson Palmer's legs out. I think that was one of the beginnings of the change in the rules of hitting below the knees on a quarterback. Uh, early 2000s, I say, they, they, they start lightening up the rules of protecting the quarterback. I, I don't know the exact year, the exact date. They, they, they made rules to protect the quarterback. Some quarterbacks used the rules to their advantage, some didn't. A guy like Russell Wilson will use his sliding ability to get as, get as much yards as possible, but he's going to go down before he gets a full hit. Um, Sean Watson takes unnecessary hits. Um, Jackson from Baltimore takes unnecessary hits. Cam Newton took too many unnecessary hits. Josh Allen takes too many unnecessary hits. Um, but there's certain quarterbacks who just know how to get, who know how to avoid the hit. And I say, and I, and I say, Russell Wilson is one of the best in the business at that. And you wouldn't um, put Brady in that category of quarterbacks who can avoid the hit. Well, he, he's he's the reason he avoids he can't avoid the hit because they. He can't outrun anyone, so he's going to. But but he's a, he he's a technician at as far as as far as getting his two yards and going down. He's not going to take a hit unnecessary, you know, unless he just get into his super cocky mode. But he's he's protected himself very well for a long time. How long do you think Brady would have survived in the NFL of the Aikmans and the Marinos and the Kellys? Uh, he's a prototype quarterback. I mean, do you think he would have played as long? Uh, well, he has new training methods, new fitness methods. They got these special diets now, and all those other things. Um, the quarterback's protected from a lot of those extra hits, like you say. Um, it's hard to predict, but um, forty-five years old is. I think Warren Moon played till he was forty, but he. His abilities were, were fading. Uh, Fran Tyson played late into his career, but his ability was fading. Brady doesn't seem to lack. His ability doesn't seem to be fading. He's seemed to be he's consistently and steady with his game. His arms, his his accuracy is good. Like I said, his arm strength might not be as strong, but it's, it's hard to tell. It's strong it's enough. <laughs> He's a unique. He's a unique individual and an amazing athlete. He will not blow you away with speed or quickness. He's he's just he's just smart at what he does. He's a professor. What do you? I, I think he's gonna stay too long, just like an old boxer, like Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard. Oscar De La Hoya, <laughs> boxers that stayed too long and ended up flat on their on their ass when the, when their when their career was over, you know. So, so so be specific when you say when you mean they stay too long for the Muhammad Ali's, the Oscar De La Hoyas, the Sugar Ray Leonard's, and how that compares to Brady. Or are you talking about? Do you think at the end he's going to be punch drunk? He's going to stay till that to carry him off the field. Carry him off the field. And I think he'd give the thumbs up and wouldn't even, and wouldn't even get in. He wouldn't even be mad. But he wanted to go out on his own terms. Uh, um, he's. I, 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 I don't. I, I don't personally know him. I'm just. I'm just talking as a. I'm just talking as an amateur athlete that I was myself. But I. I was an athlete, and I understand the thought process of an athlete, and um. Jordan played till he was 40. Um, probably Kobe Bryant probably would have played that long if his, if his feet didn't, you know, if his ankles and stuff didn't go out on him. I think Tim Duncan could have been close to 40. So, guy, LeBron's going to play till he's 40. Kareem played till he was 40. Karl Malone played till he was 40. Right, right. But who, how many played play at the same pace and consi- consistency of greatness at the age of 40? Not many. Not many. 
he's a he's 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 a step above the rest. Tom Brady. Um, his training methods, his ways he protects himself. Um, his fitness plan, the way he strategizes and, and organizes his, his his workouts with his other guys. He's he's a he's he's something he's something else, but I would. Tell, tell the truth, I'm, I was a little disappointed that he came back because I'm uh, not that I don't like watching him play, but you know it's like repeating a uh, repeating the record over and over. He's gonna, you know, but who am I? To, who, who am I to tell a person when it, when enough is enough? He probably got home and maybe he became bored instantly. Maybe he didn't want to put on a suit and tie right away. You know, he he got other he had other plans. I say Peyton Manning did it the best. Peyton Manning walked away as a champion. The crazy thing about Tom Brady is he had he's had multiple opportunities towards the end of his career to walk away as a champion. And a champion playing really well, and he never did it. When, when, when Peyton walked away, he was playing on fumes. He, his, his tank was almost empty anyway. You know, he, he was fortunate enough to get on a, on a top-notch defense with top-notch cornerbacks and a top-notch pass rush, and he got him over the hump. It also helped that Cam Newton blew the game. <laughs> right? Is that is that my right? Yeah, you you're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong. The fumble was on the ground, the loose ball was on the ground, and he wouldn't he wouldn't get he wouldn't die he wouldn't get on the ground and get it. He wasn't trying to get dirty. Right. Right. <laughs> I won't hold that against him for the rest of his life, but he blew an opportunity, right? He probably thought he was gonna see again, but it's not gonna happen. It's crazy that how those moments slept right cam newton never been back to super bowl never even been close to snipping a super bowl since that moment so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then come next after the break on barbershop sports talk we're going to talk a little college basketball in march madness kind of next after the break on barbershop sports talk We still have Mr. Zach with us. So, Selection Sunday was today. The brackets are out. I just want to know, have you gotten a chance to look at them? Do you have any thoughts about all of it? Well, um... This is, um... This college basketball season is is one that I would say is anybody's anybody's um ball anybody's ball game. Uh, there's a there's a there's a variety of teams that could come out of this as um as a winner. Um, I was watching some of the so-called experts today break down the brackets and um. I watched for a minute, but I didn't, I didn't actually. I didn't. I didn't actually um make out a bracket yet. NCAA March Madness brackets are like um the number one seed. The number one seed is Gonzaga. Um. Gonzaga has an experienced team. They have they have a big they have big men. They have decent outside shooting, but the competition that they play during the season is not is not is not a top notch competition. I like I like Big Ten basketball, Iowa and Purdue, but sometimes they play at a slower pace. Um, Kansas has great athletes, but they, to me, they lack three-point shooting. Um, Tennessee is a sleeper. Um, great coaching. Underrated offensive squad and a solid defensive squad. Texas A&M plays defense, but they're erratic with their shooting. 
Texas A and M was a snub. I mean, I mean Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Texas Tech is one of my was a, was a team that I that I kept my eye on. Um, Duke, they like ball handling and outside shooting. Kentucky, they like outside shooting. This year is gonna be a sleeper. A sleeper's gonna bring that home this year. So I want to focus on Duke quickly. Obviously, this is Coach K's last run. They lost in the ACC championship game. Uh, they're to get to the Final Four. They're going to have to go through Gonzaga, who is the number one overall, number one seed. Uh, what what's Duke's path to a championship run? Are you high on Duke, low on Duke? How do they get it done? Um, I basketball is a guard's game. Teams with strong backcourts and a combination of even decent big men, but strong backcourts take you a long way in March in March Madness. And I don't I don't see Duke having a backcourt this year. Uh, they have they have trouble. They have trouble with up temple game and uh they remember the defense is not as good either. I I'm, I'm, I'm not I wouldn't be surprised um you know they they might advance. I don't have a bracket here right in front of me. I'm trying to pull a bracket. So I have the bracket up. So uh, in the West region, it's Gonzaga 1, uh, Duke 2. The 3 is Texas Tech. In the East region, Baylor's the number 1. Kentucky's the 2. Uh UCLA's in there who made a Final Four run last year. They're the four in the threes, Purdue. In the South region, you have Arizona as the one, uh, Villanova as the two, Tennessee as the three. In the Midwest region, you have Kansas as the one, Auburn as the two, uh, and you have at the three line is Wisconsin. Who's some of the teams that you think are higher seeds that are on upset alert? That you're like, okay, they could lose to a Cinderella. They could lose to a team that maybe people don't expect. Teams that you think might be a little suspect and fraudulent. Well, I Year. And um, I don't. 
I don't think people, I don't think people, um, teams like Auburn, um, they were ranked number one, but they, they, I, that, that, that number one wasn't, a, I wasn't satisfied with their play at number, for being ranked as a number one team. But they have good guard play, and good guard play can get you over the hump in this tournament. Arizona has a strong team. Um, don't be surprised a middle if a middle of the pit a pack middle of the pack team comes out and I'll surprise a few people. A lot of people like Houston. I'm 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 okay with Houston. I'm um, UAB has one of the best guys you're going to see in the draft. I mean in the um, tournament they 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 not have they don't have a great team but they have a great player. some teams that who's a few teams that you think are on that could be a Cinderella and go on a run like you'd be like that's that fifth seed that's that seventh seed maybe it's a 10 seed whatever that you're like if they make a final four berth I wouldn't be at least bit shocked the least bit shocked um, like a Loyola Chicago they're back in it they're at the uh, 10 line they, they, they can mix they can mix it up. They they are an upset. They are an upset alert. Uh, like Loyola Chicago, um, but um, as Texas Tech is a as Texas Tech is a three. See, uh, a lot of people say St. Mary's out is 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 could, could upset a few people. Um. St. Mary, I, I don't really like Michigan. Uh, Creighton plays Creighton played good ball, but I don't know. I don't know how long they can keep up with their consistency. They they play they play good ball, but Loyola Chicago could be could be a sleeper, a Sweet Sixteen at least type of team. But my, like I said, as I review my as I review my brackets and look at them, I didn't I didn't I, I didn't I didn't I didn't like I usually write all my teams down as soon as I see the bracket. But I didn't do that. I didn't do that this year. I didn't. I didn't break down my. I didn't come down to my final four. Nothing like that. So I'm not. I didn't have. I don't have. I don't have my final four that I would that I would break down and take right now. Hmm. This is a tough eight nine match. Uh, tough a uh, match of Iowa and Richmond. I think. I think that they come here. I'm, I actually got tickets to that game. Oh, you're going to that game? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm kind, of, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. What, which uh, region is going to be your favorite to watch? Like, what region do you think people should really be keying on? Like, this is a really good region to watch some really good basketball. Uh, 
Which region do you think that would be? South, the South region is pretty tough. The South region, the South region is pretty tough. I think uh, you got some good defensive teams and uh, a ten-seven. I, I, I got, I got Ohio State leaving out early. Um, Arizona, Villanova, Tennessee. Arizona, Houston, Tennessee, Villanova. That, Villa, that, that second round matchup, even though I'm looking ahead between Villanova and Loyola, that might be a tough game. Villanova might Villanova's backcourt is kind of slow. Uh, they might be primed for an upset there. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Michigan. They played. They, they didn't play that good. Colorado State only has like two players that they depend on. Um, I'm gonna stick with the South. South region in the South. Mm-hmm. I'm stick with the South. Arizona, one seed, the two seed, you have Villanova, Loyola Chicago's in there, you have a very game Tennessee team, as you mentioned, Houston was a Final Four team from last year, Michigan was a Final Four team from last year, Uh, so some good teams in there, uh, and could definitely be really fun to watch. Uh, Let's go to this, favorite March Madness memories for you? Well, you know, I, you you you're talking about you, you you're talking about seriously since 10, 12 years old. You're talking about over fifty years of watching um March, March Madness, and uh, it wasn't um it, it used to be forty eight teams, you know, sixty four teams came lately, but in in years I've in years of watching, you know, you you would have to pull out some film and and go go over each era. You know, um, some teams were so dominant in the early eras that you already knew that UCLA was going to win. Man, they had Lou Alcindor, who turned into Javon. Then they had Bill Walton. I mean, for my for my childhood era, from the time I'd say. Seriously. Uh, shoot. Till I was like 15 years old. Uh, that's, a, that's every year UCLA would win it. And uh, in North Carolina State came pulled off a big upset. And they, and they eliminated um, Bill Wharton. Um, but up until then, from the time I started watching ball till, till I was like a teenager, UCLA won all the time, and then and then 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 team then other teams started getting involved. UCLA sprinkled a few championships in between there. You know, um, I've seen was one of the biggest one of my biggest upset games was North Carolina State against Houston, and um, uh, Jim Valvano was the coach. That was one of my biggest upsets. I, I picked that game. Um, uh, Kansas and Syracuse was a was a big game. Uh, um, uh, McNamara hit so many threes that game. I was a Syracuse fan. Um, you go down to historical games and where legends were made. Michael Jordan, Georgetown against North Carolina. Um, Patrick Ewing was a freshman, um, and and Michael Jordan was a freshman. James Worthy was a junior. And uh, he he was the he was the most valuable player of that of that tournament, um, and the most talked about game was Indiana Indiana State and Michigan State Bird against Magic. Uh, one of the most controversial games, uh, UNLV against Duke, um, ninety one. 
Kentucky won an awesome game. I think they might have lost by because UNLV was undefeated. They lost by one point. Um, Larry Johnson didn't take the last shot, man. I, I, he choked. Um, the year before, they had beat Duke by 30. They blew Duke out. Bobby Hurley got embarrassed. And this game, Duke got redemption. Um, I actually... I actually have seen some great games that I can go back over history. Yeah, um, one, of, one of my bigger upsets was Connecticut over Duke. Um, Richard Hamilton's Connecticut team, Coach Calhoun's Connecticut team, uh, defeating Duke. That was one of my one of my favorite upset games. Um, but as far as domination of college uh, of college sports in my early in my growing up years, it was uh, UCLA. Um, and then, and then you have a variety of, of, of champions sprinkled in there. And, and as an, as I became a Duke, Duke, Duke became the powerhouse of uh, college basketball. And, um, Coach K became my icon. Um, Bobby Knight had a few good teams over the years. Um, they played a, a disciplined system, a structured offense. No, really, one individual dominated. Um, Isaiah Thomas um, won a title for Indiana, and um, they beat Syracuse in '87, also. Um, so, but if I broke it down, the biggest upset was North Carolina State over Houston. The second biggest upset was Villanova over Georgetown, 85, 86, 84, 85 era. Um, one of the biggest upsets in history. George, Georgetown was a, was a was an unstoppable machine. Riley Massimino and Villanova slowed the game down to a turtle, slow, slow turtle pace, and they, and they pulled out one of the biggest upsets ever. Uh, they, they had a guy had a once-in-a-lifetime game. I never heard of him again. I think his name was Jensen. But I had to give it to him. He was hot on that night he needed to be. And um, as you notice, I go back to a lot of older games. I actually witnessed one game, um, Louisville versus Duke. Um, Purvis Ellison, 1986. I actually witnessed that game, um, Dallas Reunion Arena. Um College atmosphere was always great. The games are always exciting. Uh, Final Four, sometimes number one seeds were like shoe wins. But this year is anybody's tournament. It's anybody's tournament. But uh, from the list, I gave you uh, five or six games of some of my favorites. Um, they might not have been the best. They were my favorites. What were some of your favorite Cinderella runs? Well, it's off the top of my head, I know I'm, I, I don't go back as you, but there's the B, year when BCU made a BCU made a run with Shaka Smart. Butler made a great run a few years ago. Yes, they did. They went back to back finals, back to back finals. Butler, Butler, made, Butler made some great runs, um, with, for, for, especially for a mid-major university. Um, Virginia was a surprise team. Of, uh, Virginia was a surprise team, and and um, huh. it's so it's it's so it's a, you can go back. Um, Michigan, <laughs> I got to tell you, the Michigan, the Michigan timeout game, the Michigan um, Wolverines. They were a force. They were a force, but they never could get over the hump. The Fab Five. They were one of my favorites, also. I have to put them in there. That they were one of my favorites, also. Oh, with Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, Jawan Howard, yeah, and all that, them. That, that crew. That crew. That crew. Mm -hmm. That crew. Um, I can go back in the early um, North Carolina, um, Charlotte with Cedric Maxwell. They were a sleeper. They, they creeped in there and they did a good job. I can go back to and, and review some old history of that. Of, 
over basketball. Um, I like. I like. I like those um, Jay Wright and his Villanova teams. Um, but. It's gonna be it's gonna be guard play. I, I but I said you the Cinderella runs, I'd go with those Butler squads as far as as far as not being well known squad, um no 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 lottery draft picks. But even though they even though Sheldon Mack and um they did have two two pros off that team. I mean Gordon Hayward? Yeah, they they did have they did have two pros off that team, you know. Um so they had a really, and they had a hell of a coach. <laughs> and, oh, he took the words out of my mouth. And they, and they had a pro coach, so they had a good, they had, they had, they had a good system. You know, some teams you expected to be great, they, they, they never, they never turn out to be. You know, and um, I'll give you an upset. Uh, Final Four, and this is obviously recently. Carl, the Carl Anthony Town Kentucky Wildcats that were trying to have an undefeated season. They lost to the Sam Decker, Frank Kamitsky, Wisconsin Badgers. Duke well, ended up winning it though. That game was, 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 mm-hmm. Hey, and he's my buddy. He's my buddy. And, 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 and he's one of my favorite guys, but Coach Cal blew it. Two, the big tongue. Coach Cal blew that game. He kept putting, he kept having mismatches with the guards. He kept putting big men on guards on pick and roll. And, they, and oh, man, he made, uh, he made Frank the Tank look like an All-American. And um, he, well, he prepared himself into a first-round pick. But look, the, um, Kentucky's guard played the twin brothers, Chalk. I can't think of their names. They, they were twin brothers. Harrison. Oh, they were both the Harrison twins. Harrison twins. Ah, ah. <laughs> Devin Booker was on that team. Right there, but um, dude, the guy, the guy put put down a hell of a coaching clinic to get his team there. He put a hell of a coaching clinic to get his team there. Hmm, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> wow. What did you think of the final? game I'm forgetting who Auburn played but when Auburn was in the final four a couple years ago and there was the the backcourt violation that I don't think shouldn't have been it might have been against Texas Tech and then Texas Tech went on to play Virginia right yes and Virginia won after the last year before where Virginia lost to a 16th seed you remember that when Virginia lost to the 16th seed first ever one seed to go down repeat that sir when Virginia lost to uh, the 16th seed. Right. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Um, I've seen Syracuse lose to a 16th seed before. Um, I think that might even have been Vermont. I, I, I don't know if it was a 16th seed. It was close. Like, it was something like that. Um If I go back, um, if I go back to look at NCAA champion basketball teams, you usually see the same coaches uh, year in, year out. But it's a new generation coming. It's a new generation coming. The coaches like years old. Coach K, Jim Beheim, uh, he's starting to notice that they're fading, they're, they're fading out, and then and they they were better coaches. They they teams were most successful before this one and done came out. Now now you now they don't they don't get to build teams like they used to. Most of the time they bring in a bunch of guys that, that win. 
the uh, high-profile recruits, and they try to win, and then those guys leave after one year. So, it's a bad times basketball is totally different now. You don't get guys staying for three or four years. Most of the good guys are gone after one year, maybe two. And can you talk to people who might not understand who are listening right now how big college basketball used to be in America? Because it, it's like how college football is so big. College basketball used to be almost kind of as popular as the NBA. Like people used to love their college basketball. And it's kind of faded. You know, hype gets back back on it for March Madness, of course. But the regular season, people used to love it. Well, uh, I say... Um, they're changing a lot of conferences is different now a lot of old rivalries are going like the St. John's Georgetown the North Carolina um, the St. John's Georgetown the Syracuse Syracuse changed to the Atlantic Conference uh, Maryland left the ACC went to the Big Ten I mean all these conference changes and a lot of old rivalries are, aren't the same anymore um and like I say, it's a transition, a lot of new coaches. And, but it's, it's, it's gonna, as long as they have uh, early outs, they have, they have um, semi-pro leagues where guys are full-going college now. Um, there's a lot of controversy with college basketball. But if, I, if you go over, if you go over the years, it is one of the most exciting sports events of the year and every year. To me, this year is kind of a down year because there's no standout talent here, no dominant player. Um, you know, Jim Calhoun, he's, go, he, you know, yeah, Jim Calhoun, Coach K, Roy Williams, uh, Jim Bayhai, Tom Izzo, those are those. That, I mean, let's say from 2000 to now, those have been the powerful coaches in, in college ball. You see a few new faces coming here and there, you know. Um, Billy Donovan came through a nice team from Florida. Those Florida teams were nice. But don't let, I forgot about those games, those Florida teams. And I also can go back to that Memphis, Memphis Kansas game. That was one hell of a game too. Oh, with D Rose when Cal Perry was there. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a that was a hell of a game. Oh Mario Chalmers, yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. Seventy five. I mean, that game. You know, sometimes, sometimes you know you 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 want to go back and watch old games and stuff like that, but you only it's only so much time in the day, you know. But this time of year, I don't really focus on NBA. I, I'm, I'm more into my college uh, games. But um, my views on my views on sports and college sports are um, they eliminated high school kids from going straight from high school to the NBA. So some kids came to college. But they only, like I say, they only stay one year. So you never get to build, like, the. when I was going back over the college basketball history, the Duke teams, the UCLA team, the North Carolina team, guys stayed there. But they have no reason to stay now because the money is too big. The money is too big. <laughs> and so, so they leave. So um, the quality of ball kind of suffered a little bit. The one and done players, you know, you can't. They never can groom a team to develop some consistency. Because, like I say, guys stay one and done. And um, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna always see mostly some of the same teams participating in the final when it gets out to the close games. Um. And then you get to the final game, and sometimes it's been like a blowout. Like last year was a blowout. 
Yeah, when um, Baylor yeah. destroyed Gonzaga. Um, Villanova, Michigan, a couple years ago was a blowout. You know, you, you get a, you get a few you get a few blowouts in here, but but overall, this 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 year is a toss up. There was one year in the Final Four with Oklahoma, I think, with Buddy Hill. That game was a blowout. Team. I, I really wasn't crazy about that team anyway. Uh, <laughs> that was that might have been Break and then kind of next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to talk a little NBA. Kind of next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, we still have Mr. Zach with us, and now we're going to talk some NBA. So, Kevin Durant, today, he dropped 53 points. Also told the mayor they need to fix that vaccine policy because he wants Kyrie back. The Nets, they also beat the Philadelphia 76ers uh, a few days ago. If the Nets are right, how scary are they? efficient 50-point game ever in NBA history. 75% from the field and three uh, on his way to 50 points. And then Ky- then KD does what he does today. How special are both of those guys as just individual talents on the offensive end of the court? They're one of the kind. 
one-of-a-kind ball players who can create their own shot, um, great free-throw shooters, great finishers around the hoop, uh, great basketball IQs. They're, they're, ten out of, they're, 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 they're five-star basketball players. I mean, there's, you know, you, 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 you get 15 out of 19 from the field, uh, 9 out of 12 from three-point land. But even though, even though it's more like a, a playground, regular league game, most of the, most of every shot, Kyrie's shot was uncontested. Not not taking nothing away from his performance, though. But that was an easy that was an easy fifty he hit. Uh, <laughs> Is there such a thing as an easy fifty in an NBA game, though? As far as contested shots, um, I watched that. I watched it. I watched it. I watched the video of just all his all his shots. Uh, he said he didn't shoot that. He didn't shoot that many, and uh, he he was he he was at the line. He, he was at the line a number of times. Uh, he might miss two foul shots. He missed two threes. <laughs> that was a, that was an awesome performance. But um, hey, this is this is this is not. I, I didn't create the topics, but he, he that was an awesome performance by him. But if the, the way I look at it, and I'm not I'm not taking nothing away from him because I, I put in a lot of man hours watching him play. I put in a lot of highway hours driving to see him play. I spent a lot of money paying for tickets to see him play. So he is entertainment value and he is box office. But he also has fresh legs. Uh, everybody else can play 60, 60 games. He's played like 15, 17 games. So um, he should blow by people. He should, he should have advantage over everyone. Not not taking nothing away from his game, but he has he should be fresh as he should be he should be fresh just like a baby fresh when he comes out for these playoffs. Everybody else's legs is ran down. His legs are fresh. What specifically makes Kyrie's game so special on that end of the court on the offensive end of the court? Oh well, you know his his ability to stop on a dime, his ability to change directions. His ability to his ability to understand the angles of bank shots and finishing uh, below the rim shots, those are things you do on your own. Things you do and nobody's watching. Those are playground one on one workout moves, and and he transitioned them to things he does in games. Some of the things he does in games are things people only do when they like playing, like practicing. <laughs> um, his 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 his, his, his um, ability to know the angles of the backboard is our special. Uh, great ball, a great ball handling, great shooter. You know uh, the total package. Now he can bring the the mental part of his game and just play basketball. You know, walking away walking away from LeBron James to me was a mistake. Um, he made life easy for LeBron, and LeBron made life easy for him. Um, well, the way Westbrook's playing, I'm sure he does miss LeBron. I mean, I'm sure he does miss Kyrie. <laughs> and now, now his, now his, his um, respect is up in the air. He had, he, he, he's playing his back for his respect because this NBA '75 thing they just had. How is it? How is Dame Lillard over over Kyrie? <laughs> you got a beef with that? I don't got a beef with it. I just asked the question. I think Damian Lillard is liked more by the people who are voting, i.e., the you, media. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now I know, I know it's your show, and you asked the question, but I just asked you a question, and you gave the right answer. He turned down a lot of people with his behavior and attitude. Or he might have like he might have been able to how was Carmelo Anthony in the top over him? Oh, Carmelo Anthony can't touch him as a basketball. I mean Ky- Kyrie's better than half the dudes on the list. I mean you got people yeah, on the list who couldn't dribble. His, <laughs> his, his his little quackiness or wackiness or whatever you want to call it. The world is flat and all this other stuff, but when he gets on the court, he's a one in a million talent. And um I respect his game to the utmost. But um He's showing a selfish side, and it's going to hurt the team. Right now, the playoff side today. But the playoff 
Saturday day coming out of the AC, they have to have the, they they be going against the Heat. That's a dog fight. That's a that's a dog fight. They 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 they're a couple games behind the Raptors, so they they be facing the Heat. If they slide up, if they slide up a notch, they'll be facing the Sixers or the Bucks. But either way, they they they. Their first round game is basically um, Eastern Conference Finals, right? Yeah, they better be firing on cylinders. The Miami Heat Brooklyn game is like an Eastern Conference Finals. A Miami Heat Milwaukee game is like Eastern Conference Finals. A Miami Heat, I mean, um, a Brooklyn Miami game is Eastern Conference Finals status. Seventy Six is Eastern Conference Finals status, and Milwaukee is Eastern Conference Finals status. So I, they're going to meet one of those three teams in the opening round, right? No, you're Kyrie right. Has to play. If Kyrie doesn't play, they would not survive. How many games? So let's say they theoretically they play the Heat tomorrow in a playoff series. If Kyrie's not playing, how many games does it go? Without Kyrie, how many games does it go? Yes. With Kyrie uh, playing for three games, obviously he would play the three away games. Oh, he would. He would he Actually, no, he played play the four away games, so they'd be on the road. So he played four away games. Well, with, oh, with, with him only playing, well, with him only playing on the road. So four, he played four out of three. If they played the Heat if, tomorrow, he played four if, out of three if, games. If, if he played, if, if he played, if he played, they'd win it in six. If he doesn't play, they'd lose it in seven. That's if a big he difference. plays, they win it in six. If he don't play, if he, if he plays, they win it in six. That's a two-game swing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if he's only playing road games, they lose in, they lose in seven. But if he's playing both, they win it in six. That's an interesting. You know, I think, I think they have a better chance against... But if Kyle Lowry's playing... To his potential, hey man, any that can roll because he could go bucket for bucket with, with, with most guards. Not not as flashy or flamboyant, but at the end of the game, he's gonna have twenty. And Jimmy Butler's a dog, and Bam is tough. Spolter is a phenomenal coach. And they got and they got the wing shooters. Yes, and they defend the Heat. They defend. Yep, they got. They definitely got the wing shooters, man. You know, so. The issue is when you get into a playoff scenario, right? Who's the best player on the court, though? It's Kevin Durant. Who's the second best? Uh, second best player on the court. It's probably Kyrie, right? Kyrie over Jimmy, right? Second best player on the court is probably Kyrie. Uh, individually, individually, individual, individual talent. They're one of a kind. You know, individual talent. I mean, you you go up, you 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 rank you ranking the um. Two of the top ten players in the world on the same team. You know, so that 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 that's automatic. Advantage on the offensive end. Uh, Kyrie actually played defense against um Philly last week, but um, his, that's not his strong point. That's not his strong point. Um, um, and. I don't trust Drummond at all. He can't shoot free throws. And he can't catch the ball on offense. He can't run a play for him. Uh, he's doing a little he's doing a little better, but I don't have much faith in him. He's gonna get a lot of fouls and he's gonna miss all his free throws. Drummond Drummond and Ben Simmons on the court at the same time, that's no offense. They look good on paper, but them two on the court at the same time, that's no offense. Neither one of them can make it, can create their own shot. Um, Kyrie, Kyrie um, and, and Durant have to put up uh, 60 a game to, to, for them to go all the way. And nothing 
found a secret weapon with Steph Curry's brother. He's an adequate, he's an efficient um, shooter. He's improving with his ball handling skills. He's a good finisher. And he's an underrated player, underrated defender. So I had to I give him some credit as far as the third, as their third offensive weapon in Philly. I mean, in Brooklyn. Mr. Zach, thank you for coming on the pod, man. I appreciate it. Uh, no problem. I'm just, I'm just warming up to this college basketball tournament. I, I'll be by by ne- the next time, the next time we talk, the next time we talk, the next time we talk, this 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 tournament will be on fire because a lot some of these some of these big dogs are going to be going home early. And once again, I want to thank Mr. Zach for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode. The 404th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.